0: Hey moms, did you know that your hormones peak at 20 and then you start a steady decline throughout the rest of your life? Yes, 20. Well, most women don't think much about the loss of hormones until the onset of menopause. Well today, our guest is the hormone doctor, yes, the hormone doctor, and he's going to tell us what we do need to pay attention to and why long before the change. Welcome to the Moms for America podcast. Each week, special guests tackle the issues facing the moms of America today. Discussions include personal stories and advice on how moms can build a strong foundation of faith, family and freedom in their homes and country. Well, welcome moms once again to the Moms for America podcast. I'm Debbie Krulatis, your host. I'm so glad that you're here again this week. Um, I love chatting with you every week. Oh, do we have a podcast for you today, moms? You're going to love it. But first, right here at the top of the show, I always want to invite you to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. We also want uh, you to share this with your mama friends in your circle. If you could give us a a like, a rating, a star, all that fun stuff, we surely do appreciate it because we continue to get censored um, with our podcasts and sharing such great information, which is unfortunate that they try to uh, censor us. But we're out there fighting the good fight and sharing uh, a lot of great messages here. Also, to our moms that are listening, if you are here for the very first time, welcome, welcome to the Moms for America group. Uh, We are a special sisterhood of moms all across the country. We unite together to fight for faith, family, freedom, and the Constitution. So please join the movement. Please join the sisterhood. Where do you do that? How do you do it? You just go to momsforamerica.us, sign up for our newsletter, join the movement, uh, find out where there's a Moms for America group in your area, and uh, we will provide all this great information and support for you moms because we know how important the moms all across our country are. It's you that are fighting for our faith, our family, our kids, our country, everything uh it's the mamas also if you have a topic idea for the podcast would you please email me at podcast at moms i would love to hear from you any of your suggestions or feedback well alrighty on to today's program Like I teased in the beginning here, we have Dr. David Rosensweet joining us. He is so amazing. I can't wait for you to meet him. He has been in private practice for well over 50 years. He also lectures widely and teaches menopause medicine to medical professionals. He's a medical director of the Institute of Bioidentical Medicine and has authored the book Healthy happy hormones. Doesn't that sound great? How to thrive in menopause. I can't wait for you to meet him. Welcome, doctor, to the Moms for America podcast. Boy, is this going to be an interesting discussion with our moms. Thank you for joining us.
1: Debbie, it's an honor to be here with all the moms in moms from America. And of course, I know Kimberly quite well. So it's an honor to be here.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Kimberly said, you must have Dr. Rosensweet on the podcast because I know you're helping her, and I know that you are helping hundreds of women and men across the country. So this is going to be a really interesting discussion for us because obviously as women, we are dealing with hormones at all levels and especially the older we got, which is a lot of us, unfortunately, but tell us a little bit about your family really quick. In the beginning, um, I heard you're, are you a grandpa? You have kids. I heard you even have a bit of a, a family, um, affair with your, your practice.
1: Yeah, well, um, I I love my family. It's really the center of my life. And I have a son and a daughter-in-law that I've loved from the moment I met her three thirty three years
0: ago.
1: Nice. I have two granddaughters in their 20s now. And uh, yeah, the family is very involved in in our whole enterprise, as are many, many other team members. And so I get to interact with my family in my day-to-day business. which is my son's one of my partners. And so uh, we have a really wonderful organization that I'm so blessed to have.
0: Wonderful. Well, um, we love that. We love family, obviously, here at Moms. So let's talk a little bit. Um, I kind of just want to start at the beginning, and we're going to try to get all this in today as much as we can. We may have to have you back at another time. But How and when, I know this is probably a loaded question to start with, did you decide to make hormones and the treatment of the loss of hormones your specialty? Why did that become uh, your focus?
1: Well, I'd like to say that I designed it, but there's a greater design going on for all of us, as you know so well. And I sort of went with the flow of the river over the course of my, I was a holistic doctor in 1968. I was a functional medicine doctor and I was in private practice. And about just over 30 years ago, one of my patients, Deborah was her name, came storming into my office before office hours. She was in her mid forties. And um, it was a real shock to me because she was extremely upset. And she told me that she was going crazy. I thought it was quite interesting because Deborah was brilliant. She had uh, retired in her mid forties, figured that one out. <laughs> and, but I trusted her and serendipitously, I say it's divine unfolding. Um, I had been speaking to a world expert on progesterone. This is 1993. Mm. And I gave her some progesterone and three weeks later, I get a letter from her. She said, I can't believe this. I'm totally myself again. Thank you so much. And, you know, in working with patients who are not well mm-hmm. over the preceding 25 years, it's often a slow moving train. So to have someone have such a profound response so quickly and get back to herself so quickly, that was very dramatic. But I didn't really control it. Uh, she referred to the, the, this friend and that. And before I knew it, I was seeing a lot of women in menopause. Mm. It really suited my love of biochemistry and hormones. and so I decided to specialize in it. and that's how it ha- that's how it unfolded.
0: Wow, that story that you just shared is my girlfriend's story. Totally. And when she, what her whole problem was when she hit rock bottom at a very, you know, going into her 40s, she went into a severe depression and it was a hormone situation. And she swears by it uh, that it actually saved her life. So let's talk about the role of hormones and why they're so important. I know a lot of this is basic information, but, you know, if you're if you haven't dealt with hormones or investigated it or investigated, it or you're not at that point. Uh, which you say you probably should consider much earlier than when menopause hits. It's it's a discussion that people should be aware of. Um, without the right levels, right, we affect our bone health, our brain health, uh, bladder, muscle, um, everything gets affected by our hormones. I mean, that's an obvious statement, but why aren't we, we should be looking at this more, I guess, right?
1: Well, this phenomenal event took place, and it's going to take a, a higher power to tell me to really explain why Like so many women and men over the last 30, 40, 50 years have become acutely aware of the importance of exercise. Mm -hmm. And so many others have become acutely aware of the importance of nutrition. And it's very popular and it's all over the place. But the world of hormones received a body blow in the early 2000s. The world of women were being treated with hormones, my goodness, prior to 2000, 40% 40% of American women in menopause, that's 18 million women were on hormones because their doctors knew about midlife. And uh, there was the most profitable and popular drug at the time um, called Premarin that was being prescribed mm. routinely. Right. But then in t- the, the reason that there's this has not been so popular is it got shut down because of the false reporting of a medical study that scared women and providers, doctors, nurse practitioners all mm-hmm. over the world. That's the right. false reporting was that if you take these hormones, you could get breast cancer. Right. That was totally false.
0: I remember that being such a strong in, message, yes.
1: It wasn't even in the original study, hmm. but the press grabbed a hold of a, a wrong sentence and exploded it out and the cat got out of the bag and all people heard was there's increased risk. So the 18 million women on hormones went down to less than 2 million overnight. Mm. And you don't talk about it. And, every, and if you bring the subject up with women and healthcare providers, even though that study has been retracted by the original study committee in the original journal that they published it in, very few people have heard of that. Wow! And if you're okay with it, I love to clarify this point right up front.
0: Yeah, let's do this, that because I remember that story, and I still, even when I was approached about hormone replacement, uh, all these discussions. You know, everybody says, "What are the risks?" Number one, what is the risk? Because right, we heard so. so let, let's talk scared. about that. Yeah.
1: So I'm going to give you the science. Yeah. And for any woman that wants to go deeper into the subject there's you can download a free pdf copy of our book where in chapter 3 i go into this i elaborate on this and then there's a, a, a there's a book out there by an oncologist who specializes in breast cancer that is the real core encyclopedia the real source of the science behind what i'm saying the book is called estrogen matters it's by avram blooming For those of you who really want to dive deeper into the weeds, and this is especially important for women who've had breast cancer that are suffering from low hormones. Dr. Blooming really gives you the details. Well, here it is. Here's the risk information. We're all at risk for thousands of diagnoses. I can tell you as a medical doctor, there's a long list. Right. And we're all at risk for hundreds of cancers. And as a male, I have an increased relative risk for prostate cancer and there's reasons for that. And women have an increased relative risk for breast cancer and there's reasons for that and heart attack and stroke. But the medical science is given those risks that we're all at risk, Mm -hmm. the medical science is this, women who are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack and stroke than women who are not treated with hormones that's the science the original that's study the committee published that retraction in 2018 they knew it by 2006 women who are treated with or are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast mm-hmm. cancer heart attack and stroke than women who are untreated and we can even go further women who have had breast cancer they happen to be at an increased relative risk for recurrence than a woman is from developing a new breast cancer. But women who have had breast cancer, had that breast cancer properly treated, are at less risk for recurrence if they're treated with hormones than if they are not. That's the science, less risk.
0: Wow. Now, why is that not being discussed further? How could one study crush Treatment, it just does?
1: It, it requires a uh, greater wisdom than I than I actually <laughs> have. I have my theories,
0: uh-huh. you
1: know, news that appeals to fear and resonates with the fear that's epidemic, mm-hmm. that really gets out there. Yeah. This news was uncovered in 2006. Mm. It was actually uncovered by me in the original study. There was no increased risk. It was statistically significant in the original study. It was stopped. It was a scientific error there. They even state that there's uh, there it was not statistically significant the increase. But you know why this new news has not come out? Well, it's leaking out. There's several proponents that are traveling the country and even the bigger organizations like the North American Menopause Society have been backing off their intense positions, but there's still black box warnings that are okay. so contrary to the science. But you can delve as deep as you want into the yeah. science. It's really explained beautifully by Dr. Blooming and even myself in summary. The science is women around hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack and stroke. That's the science.
0: That's the bottom line, huh? Yeah. Well, let's talk about um women's uh, levels. Uh, I know you talk uh, about that you really st- should start looking at this much earlier than I I never ha- even thought about hormone replacement until, you know, I'm close to my 50s here and I never thought about it earlier, never did testing for it unless, you know, you had some kind of issue. So Let's kind of just talk through the benefits um, of hormone replacement and maybe when you should start considering it. And it's not just a menopause. I guess I'm getting the fact it's not just 40s, 50s. It's earlier, according to you. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, um, it's earlier. It's later. It's whenever a woman gets inspired (laughs) and motivated. That's the optimal time. Okay so many young women and i think more these days than ever before but i may not be correct about that we just don't have the data so many young women are experiencing irregular periods for Mm -hmm.
0: example sure
1: when there is irregular periods it's very unlikely that they're producing any amount of progesterone because you must ovulate to produce progesterone in the robust amounts that is present and if you're, not, if you're not regular, if you're not clockwork regular, you're probably not ovulating, at least for that month. And if you're not producing progesterone, pro- these hormones are the most powerful biochemicals in our body. All of the hormones that you can name are so strong mm-hmm. that their absence is highly consequential. So we you have young women leading their lives and they're developing something called anxiety. And yes, there are serious anxieties that really need serious focus and professional care. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But so much of the anxiety are taking place in young, empowered women who they're dealing with the stresses of life, but they've got this anxiety. So often it's because they're not ovulating, not producing progesterone. And if you give them progesterone, they don't have anxiety. They feel themselves again. Progesterone is the great calmer. Most hormones are activating for mm. fight or flight. Estrogen, testosterone. You, they can be recruited okay. for running from a saber-toothed tiger. Not progesterone. It's the great <laughs> calmer. So wow. if you have a young woman who has regular periods and has got anxiety or isn't sleeping well or is having any kind of mood disorders, think, Deborah, I'm going crazy. Any kind of mood disorders. Anyone who's tuned into this and has knowledge about this, which is not too common, mm-hmm. this woman given progesterone, it can be life changing for them and help them do their day to day growth and spiritual growth more empowered and not so off, not not having so much right. anxiety.
0: Well, to your point, I, I, you know, and if you think about it too, there's been such a push for birth control. Um, I don't need to get into that, but we know that. Uh, We've got generations raised on birth control now, and it's not even just for birth control. A lot of it's now for acne, all of these different things. So we've got young women on that for a long time, long periods uh, of time. And then we also, um, I just want to get this comment for you, for the younger generation, the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, as we talk about this. I have an app and this app I can scan like a face cream or whatever I want to scan and it can tell me if it can affect my hormones. Like it has, you know, uh, components that could affect hormones, raise or deplete. So I just wonder about this whole combination, let alone the food, let alone the, you know, we're dealing kind of with a, you know, with a, a new set of situations in our body that, you know, may not have been here 30 years ago, 50 it's, years ago. It's
1: a very important point that you're raising. And it turns out that the chemicals that are used as insecticides and pesticides and the plastics
0: mm-hmm. that our
1: generation is exposed to is never before in the history of the planet Earth. What do they turn out to be? They're called xenoestrogens. <laughs> they, they affect the estrogen receptor site. Yeah. And so being able to ha- identify and not buy, purchase, rub, eat, breathe, some of these toxic chemicals turns out to be very important yeah and, i mean this is a big subject you brought up <laughs> and there's books written on it it's not it's just getting popularized but it's a very important thing yeah. you wouldn't think that it would affect you but the the impact of any poison when it's present in small amounts they accumulate over time yeah and then 10 years later you're ha- you have irregular periods or you're sick in some way And it's not like you swallowed a glass of arsenic or something, but it it had the same effect over the Mm long-term. So good for you to have that app and to be that discriminating because these petrochemicals are xenoestrogens, Mm -hmm. perfumes, dry cleaning stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The app is Yucca for our moms that are listening. My daughter turned me on to it and I do. I try to scan everything now because right we're putting all this on. i've always been aware but now that we have apps that tell us and I, I mean you know we're taking the app for for what it is but again we're just consuming and applying a lot of things that can be completely toxic and and altering our, our our bodies and our systems so that was one of the things i just personally wanted to ask you too but now um so that's that's kind of dealing with the the younger perspective. And then we look at the moms that are going into menopause or post um, postmenopause. And I have a question <laughs> because when I, in my situation, they said, oh, if you ever look at hormone therapy, you can only do that for five years after menopause. So I, I want to know, like, is there um, an end on hormone replacement or is this something that you can do at any time? Or is there a window? kind of just want to get a little bit of your advice on that or what do we say to
1: begin with that was false information invented because when 18 million women abruptly stopped their hormones it was obvious to many of them that they couldn't tolerate the no sleep the mood changes the fatigue so they desperately went to their doctor so someone invented there was no science behind this whatsoever Okay. Well, take the hormones for the least amount for the shortest period of time. That's the opposite of what we find to be most important, that you take the optimal amount of hormones until the day you leave earth. I mean, you talk to a man, for example, who's lost his erection in midlife and has lost his drive and is losing his muscles, and he gets testosterone and all these functions recover, and he can go to the gym again and build muscle, you tell him, well, you we should only take this for five years. You No, it doesn't make any common sense at all. And then that was based on the false information that there was increased risk, but it turned out that it was not, there was not increased re- risk. Yeah, we're all at risk. I don't wanna just say we're not at risk. Right. But women who are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack and stroke And just for an example, if you're a 70-year-old woman and you've decided, well, I've taken these hormones too long, I don't know where they would get that idea, Okay. and uh, you stop taking your estrogens, in a very short period of time, you're going to develop osteopenia and osteoporosis. These are so profound, just on their effect on bones, that -hmm. you will develop this bone loss and put you at risk for fracture, which is a very, very unpleasant experience, to say the least. Okay. What age can you start? Is there a window? Yeah, got yeah. a couple of questions in there. Mm-hmm. Well, I always say it's whenever you figure it out. And like for example, I've treated women in their late 80s for the first time to their advantage. Now there's some special medical considerations, especially related to heart and blood clot. Um, so we sometimes we take some additional steps of diagnoses to make sure their coronary artery is okay and they don't have a blood clot in there. Mm-hmm. So we've seen. heard
0: that scare about stroke with hormone replacement therapy, right? That's kind of another...
1: Yeah, so let me address that one. Women who are treated with hormones are at less risk for breast cancer, heart attack, and <laughs> stroke, <laughs> That's the actual. We're going to get
0: a good walk away with you on this. I know exactly what it's going to be. I am going to have this memorized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, you are it's hard. It is it because scared you scared so many people.
0: It sure did.
1: And the the, the, the scared went so deep that I love to repeat this because this is the bottom line. It but, is. You know, women who are treated with hormones, and I am sorry to be so repetitious, are at less risk for breast cancer heart attack and stroke yeah. than women who are not treated. That's the actual science behind all of this.
0: this. Right. Now there's gotcha. a long
1: right. list of other things, muscle loss. That's more consequential for most women. I mean, um, I've had relatives that for example, in their late eighties, they started losing their ability to walk because they had lost so much muscle. Mm. It's almost a guarantee as a gerontologist taught me in 1968. This is mm-hmm. someone who specializes in the illnesses of aging. He was okay. left to our medical school. He said, you know, you medical students, you know, thousands of diagnoses. Let me tell you what's really happening to older people. They're losing their muscle and they're losing their bones and they're losing their ability to think clearly. And that's what gets them into adult diapers assisted living facilities and nursing homes and many of those folks fall because they can't stand and walk with stability anti-osteoporotic bones and they die you want to do something for older people help them with their muscles and bones right and for this to reserve the muscles and almost everybody very few exceptions you must be on testosterone mm. that's pretty radical women produce testosterone. Women's ovaries produce more testosterone than they do the most potent estrogen, which is estradiol. Women need this testosterone like they need their estrogen and their progesterone. Right. And so if women don't have it, and you'll see this in the elderly, they'll get thinner, lower extremities. They won't be walking with stability. They'll turn to canes, walkers. And then that definitive moment when you have to move to a wheelchair and adult diapers because you just don't have the strength to walk. And on our medical board, we have a a, medic, a doctor who is specialized over the of her earlier career in helping nursing homes. And I asked her once, what percentage of the women in the nursing homes do you think are there because of low hormones? She said 80. 80 percent of women who are in nursing homes are there. Because they lost their muscles, their ability to think, their bladder control, their ability to walk. Mm. And this is directly related to loss of hormones.
0: Okay. Now, what about the fact, and I and we're all tracking with you, we're all like, can't wait to go sign up. I'm just joking. But mm. it's so funny that we're doing this because I just got all my levels tested. And my doctor said to me, of course, your hormones are going to be low, but that's the way it's supposed to be. This is the natural, unless you're having a problem, this is the natural progression of getting old, Deb. It's the way it's well, supposed to be.
1: Is it? I it's the way it's supposed
0: to be. It's how God made, it been made around.
1: It. I think human beings have been around somewhere between 100,000 and 300,000 years, depending on who you read. And up until a couple hundred years ago, we didn't see very many women in menopause at all because they didn't live that long. They were having periods right up into their forties when they were dying and men were dying earlier than that. And then there's been these breakthroughs in nutrition and hygiene. They're the primary cause that have allowed people to live beyond 45. So what's, what is natural, but, we can get into the philosophy, and I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: From well, I want to do menopause naturally, but then when women start losing their ability to think, and their mood tanks, and they can't sleep, right? And they're and they're even aware of the long term effects.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: start reevaluating, you so sure everyone do. can make their choice. And occasionally, you're going to see a woman in her 90s who's walking. Talking, thinking, and cheerful. But you're not going to see a lot of, and not to, you know, you're not going to see any of those women are very rare that are having intimate relationships with their husbands, for example. That's very rare, or with their partners, because their vagina is atrophied so much that's not possible. And, but you're going to occasionally see those women, but they are the rare exception. More so you see women in assisted living facilities and right. nursing homes, which is an epidemic in the United States. And they're there because of low hormones. So we have this, you know, there is a f- philosophical discussion here, but, this, <laughs> but, it, but I'm, a, I'm a doctor. I know. People come to me and they're in duress.
0: Right, right. Nobody's coming to you and saying, hey, I'm doing great. they're all coming saying doctor doctor can you help me please and i know because i'm having a hard time i mean you talk with pam our producer she's having a hard time not that i need to reveal everybody's problems but we've got we're we're achy we're tired um we can't sleep uh you know we've got all these issues happening and a lot of things contribute to it but like you said are we really putting in the hormone piece to this situation so um can we talk a little bit about the bioidentical hormones um and explain really what you're you're talking about because we're talking about hormones kind of broadly um so yeah kind of, let us know what what you suggest what um what you work in on a daily basis what type of hormone
1: Thank you the Hormones have been replenished in women and men for a thousand years that we have records of it. And the original hormones actually were bioidentical. The Chinese figured out that if they collected the urine of young women, there were hormones in there. And if they dried it out, it turned to a powder and they fed that powder to the aristocrats. That's who was getting them. And they did the same with young men. And that went on for a thousand years. In the 1940s, the pharmaceutical manufacturers, they worked briefly with collecting the urine of pregnant women, a pretty good idea, and drying it out because there's hormones in there. But they they quickly saw that that wasn't going to be a real useful source and that millions and millions of women are going to want this. So they started collecting the urine of pregnant horses, mares, because they're large animals producing a lot of urine and they're pregnant, so their hormone levels are really high. And they came out with Premarin. Pregnant Mary urine derived estrogens primarily in the 1940s. And that went on to be the most popular and profitable drug of all time because there were so many women and physicians that were, you know, hey, let's do this. Now, 50% of what's in a horse's uh, urine have never been seen by the human female, but what I'd like to say is, once Premarin hit the market and you had widespread distribution of at least estrogens, right? So much good was being done, and you, if you interview some, as I have, some of the women who are on Premarin, as opposed to the women who are not, okay, they're hard to find these days because they, if someone got scared. Right. You'll see the difference in the women, and you'll hear it. Those women who went on primer and a lot of good was being done. And yet the field kept evolving. And in the early 1980s, um, a medical a holistic medical doctor and simultaneously a compounding pharmacist said, well, we think that there are molecularly identical same molecules what's been produced in the human ovary and the male testicles. We think that's out there because the drug companies have produced birth control pills that have pure estradiol in there. And so one of the medical doctors asked his compounding pharmacist, would you please do some research and see if you can find out what their source is? And that was in the early 1980s by uh, our blessed one of the father's uh, pioneers in uh, functional medicine, Jonathan Wright. His pharmacist found pure estradiol and pure estriol and pure testosterone because the pharmaceutical manufacturers had gone to the plant world and extracted a precursor. This is to prepare for the birth control pills because they need a ton of this stuff for the birth
0: control pills.
1: They extracted something called diastinin and went through a very sophisticated biochemical process and wound up Producing in a lab pure estradiol, same molecule, hmm. pure estriol, as came out of the human ovary, pure testosterone. And then so that be so in the early 1980s, and a compounding pharmacist did this too in Dallas simultaneously. We had this these availabilities, the identical molecules. So when I was starting out, that had a lot of appeal to me. I went horseshoe. Right. Uh, fifty percent of which are not female, pure molecules. I'm going for that. Mm -hmm. What I learned in dealing with these compounding pharmacists is that I could individualize one woman to the next because get a little in the weeds here. Women vary. Well, we're
0: all so different.
1: (laughs) That's it. I mean, women vary. Like there's some young women. Debbie, you interrupt me if I'm getting too deep into the (laughs) weeds.
0: I know everybody's like is hanging on the limbs here to hear this because this is all of us. I mean, we are all dealing with yeah. hormones. It's okay, go ahead.
1: So there's some young women are perfectly healthy, they're regularly menstruating, they're fertile, they're capable of having a normal pregnancy and they need this much estrogen, so to speak. Other women need three times that much. They're perfectly healthy, they're fertile, they can carry a pregnancy to mm-hmm. term and they're regularly menstruating. But that's the degree of variation in women's hormone levels that exist and what can i call- say
0: something here that that you know resonates with me it's kind of like when we see a test score okay here's your um uh your your um thyroid test well here's the average <laughs> it <laughs> reminds me of what you're saying right you could be anywhere from i don't know i'm just making up numbers 30 to 140 that's considered normal that's a big span. It's the same thing as I think what you're saying with hormones.
1: Nicely, you got it. Well, it's not, and then you got you got four hormones. You've got estradiol, estriol, testosterone, progesterone, and DHEA. You've got five hormones to think about there, and they can all be variable in woman to woman. In fact, it accounts for different body sizes, body shapes, you know, different characteristics. The variation is present there. Right. But clinically, it doesn't matter.
0: okay?
1: Because we can go through a process that I describe in my book where usually women have symptoms. They come in, let's say, hot flashes. Mm-hmm. So we start them on a certain dose of estrogen, which is most usually it's estrogen low, and we have them gradually increase it. and at a certain point those hot flashes go away. and they feel better. And then if they go a little too high, They'll get symptoms of too much. They'll get overstimulation of breast glandular tissue. They'll get breast tenderness. So we back down. The process in chemistry is called titration. You start low and you gradually increase to alleviate symptoms of insufficiency while falling shy of or backing down from symptoms of excess. And you do that with four hormones. And we provide these sheets. It's in the book. Okay. That list symptoms of too much and too little. So we can individualize each woman, and it takes a month or two or three to do that. Mm-hmm. So clinically it's not an issue, and but what it allows us to eventually is to write a prescription to a compounding pharmacist that is individualized for the individual woman mm-hmm. Whereas when you had primer and you had two doses, and that didn't cover all women. Okay, no, that makes sense. No, no way. Even in the world of thyroid, um, the manufacturers of thyroid hormone, they have about 10 different dosage strengths because they realize people are different. How much they need, how sensitive they are. Well, now you've got, but it's no problem with compounding pharmacists. That's their bread and butter. They love, they've got wonderful technical analytical machines and computers to dial in the precise amount that myself as a prescriber can say this is this woman
0: mm-hmm. this
1: is the list this is what we want her to have that's not the same as what we want Pam to have
0: right Right. Well, uh, I use a bio, uh, I mean, I use a compounding pharmacy for some of my, um, medications, or I should say, uh, I guess we call medications. Yeah. From, from the pharmacy because some of these things you just cannot get mainstream again. I just want to talk a little about the importance of compounding pharmacies. I know there's kind of a, an attack on those type of pharmacies because, um, they, um, they do things uh, differently and they have a different procedure and a different approach. Let's talk just quickly about that because you're kind of like you're talking about, you can kind of whip up, uh, I guess a cocktail probably wasn't the best uh, form of it, but you whip up something special for each woman and you can't do that through Walgreens or CVS, right?
1: That's correct. Now, in saying that, we're big tent. We know that the, the general topic is women and men need hormones midlife and on and there's a lot of different options and we don't want to exclude anybody we want mm-hmm. the particular trained physician who's expert in this or nurse practitioner or pa they get to choose from the panoply of things that are offered we want them to do good medicine so we're big tent the issue is and i think it's it's a market share issue that when Premarin, the most popular and prop, uh, profitable drug of all time, fell to from 18 million to 2 million, and compounding pharmacies started making up the gap because women had to turn to somebody. Right. And so right now, there's probably 6 to 8 million American women and men. There's 8,000 compounding pharmacies in the United States. And what we know is there's been pressure for decades to change that. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually a co-chair of a coalition to protect compounded bioidentical hormones. That's another issue entirely. We may hopefully call on the moms, should the pressure get so big that they want to knock out these individual local right. entrepreneurs, the pharmacists that are most interested. I know. Who chooses this kind of technical? Challenge, I'd be lost. Yeah, I would. The pharmacists lost. that love pharmacy. <laughs> ones who think it's fantastic to have all kinds of computers and scales and, and make, mix up these individual things. And these are the mom and pops. This is individual entrepreneurism. Right. Um, this is a big deal. So that's a whole other story. But gee, we may call, ask uh, moms, those who want to, to write. Uh, we have a website and to write to their con- congressional representative to say, wait a minute, we don't want these things to disappear. No, we're not trying to one. knock out everything else. We just we're a big tent, but we do want to preserve the compounders.
0: We sure do, because I know I more and more just you know from in my world, you hear about compounding pharmacies so much more because you can't get a lot of these, and of course then you got to pay out of pocket, and then it's not covered by insurance, but. You know, we all make it work out. If it's helping our family or helping us as moms or our husbands or our kids, you just do what you got to do. And compounding pharmacies have been a lifesaver for many people, especially during COVID. You want to talk about people trying to get ivermectin and different things. It was it was the compounding pharmacies that really stepped up and provided a lot of help, you know, during that situation. So um if moms are, um, again, I know we're not – You know, you can't prescribe, you can't tell us exactly what all to do. Really, your encouragement is to look at your hormones, um, figure out how you can treat them. Uh, Where do we go? I mean, get your book. First of all, let's talk about your book. How do we get a copy of Happy Healthy Hormones? Doesn't that sound beneficial to us?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And again, you can get a free PDF copy and we'll give you a link that you can post on moms. And And what is
0: that link? Well, in case I'm ask are karina. Listening.
1: it's a it's a url so okay we'll have if you just connect with karina she'll give you the link okay and you can post it on wherever you want and you can get a free copy of this book which i wrote this for women
0: free copy of this book it will be in the information moms wherever you're listening or watching this the link to the free book happy healthy hormone will be uh, connected with this hormone thank you doctor for sharing this book go oh, ahead yeah. sorry go ahead finish your thoughts. it's a
1: pdf version of it yes a printed version but you can get a pdf version of it Right. and um i really care a lot about excellence in hormonal medicine mm. and i lay down what i believe you know is is gold standard standard of care this is a roadmap. and where the rubber hits the road though for any individual woman because these are all prescriptive items. In fact, testosterone is a controlled substance. The bottom line is you need to find, a each individual woman has got to find a healthcare provider who's licensed and is knowledgeable. And that's Mm -hmm. what you really want. You want someone who's knowledgeable and experienced and is really taking this on as a special interest because we're not taught this in medical school or residencies. So for example, our organization, we spend most of our time training and mentoring physicians, nurse practitioners on how to practice standard of care midlife medicine. And you want someone like that. So how do you find someone like
0: that? Yes, that, that's the big thing. Where, where do we go? Well, can, you, can you, can't can't help all, you can't help all of us.
1: Well, we, the main thing, <laughs> I spend 80, 90% of my professional career training and mentoring physicians, nurse practitioners, and PAs. And we have extensive training courses. So we have a long, long list and cover many, many states of people we've trained. That's one source. So you can go to bright.live, B-R-I-T-E dot live, and or contact Karina at bright.live, K A R I N A, and you can post all this. And we have a list of providers and we'll refer good now here's another way to do it ask your friends Mm -hmm. invariably in your friend group there's a woman who has found a provider in your area that is good at this and that they like and they trust and they're getting great results and ideally that's through a compounding pharmacist but you know invariably there's someone, they may not be telling you about it. They may not bro- be broadcasting, but if you start asking around, you're like right. for example, someone in moms in America, everywhere in America, there's a connection to some mom that has gone done the research. Here's another way to do it. There's 8,000 compounding pharmacies in the USA.
0: Mm, there's three, them.
1: four, or five. In, in your if you're in a big city, there's that many. Right. And here's what I recommend. That the woman actually walks into the pharmacy and asks to speak to the pharmacist Mm. this is different than a phone call these are busy folks how much are they willing to talk on the phone no but if you walk in there and because they're human too and they appreciate that and you you say to them you must be filling prescriptions for compounded bioidentical hormones for menopause who would be your top one or two or three that you think is doing the best work out there? I and I'll tell you, they know who's doing the best work sure. because they have some knowledge about this that's quite considerable in many instances. And they can tell when really educated prescriptions are coming in or whether someone's throwing a dart at the, at the board and hoping that it lands, you know. So you go into your local compounding pharmacist there is was also web, other websites. We list these in the book. Um, since there's so many people, mm. physicians, nurse practitioners, and PAs who are very, very interested in this, um, there are resources you can find. them. You just got to set. But you, you're, the, the word I like to use is you go shopping.
0: We you love got, to shop.
1: I know. You've got a, <laughs> you got a shopping project to do. And you take the same skill set that you shop for anything because you're, yes, you're you're going to want to go for excellence. And, and there's
0: no better shoppers than the moms.
1: <laughs> so you use that skill. Yeah, you you're go right. You out there and into this unknown world called menopause yeah. and, and licensed providers and you find one. And Here's the criteria. Best Best medicine is going to be those automatically they're choosing compounded bioidentical hormones because what are you going to want right you're going to want the best stuff out there and if they're doing that that's a good start and so you want and you want to find someone that's going to listen to you Mm. and is going to go down this path of individualizing it for you it's a process right it's It's not like you walk in their office you get the pill or the cream and you're done no it's a one two three month process we, do an, I, we spend an average of four to six hours over the first three months in consultation with women to keep helping them tweak into where they're in the great system, great situation. And then we test them with 24-hour urine hormone tests. The physicians and nurse practitioners who are choosing 24-hour urine hormone tests, boy, they've gone a long way. They've been willing to climb a mountain for a very technical test. I'm not mentioning other tests, I'm leaving those out because they're not they all have limitations to them. Okay. I've done millions of blood tests over 55 years. I love blood tests. But for a woman you're treating in hormones, they're not that useful. Oh. Because when did she take her last dose? And how quickly did it absorb? So blood tests are useful for for so many things. Oh my goodness. But for hor- hormone assessment in a woman that was being treated we want 24-hour urine hormone tests. Mm-hmm. This isn't identical for men. We can Men have got this special situation. We can identify a lot by blood tests. But women, you want someone, best case, who's doing 24-hour urine hormone tests. So okay. that's your shopping. You
0: that's our to, list.
1: You want to like them. You want when you call the office manager, they're willing to talk to you. Mm-hmm. It's the same criteria you choose for anything that you want to do really well. You want to have someone that's willing to be a partner in it, a true partner in it. And that's how I started out. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing in 1992. There was very little knowledge. So I gave women a certain amount of information and we started out and we partnered it until we individualized every woman. And then we figured out, oh, yeah, you got to individualize this thing because women are different. Yeah. And so... That's wow. how you go shopping. That's the, that's the key word to remember.
0: Yeah. Well, you left us on a good note because I'll tell you, you're right. Women love to share. They love to network. They love to inspire and encourage one another. And I know so many of us are looking for, um, you know, we, we, we're taking care of a lot, right? We're fighting for a country, we're fighting for our kids, we're fighting for, all of the, these things that are coming at our homes and we got to be in fighting shape. We got to be ready to take this on. So I so appreciate you taking time out today, helping our moms. Uh, I would love to have you back on again. We didn't even talk about men. Uh, and I think that's another whole thing because our husbands are in situations like this too, where they're looking at a, a depletion in their body um, and all the challenges too. So I want you to come on again and I so appreciate your time, doctor. Um, the moms are gonna investigate this further, go shopping and um, see how they can help their their spirits, their souls, their body um, get to a better place.
1: Thank you so much, Deb. And could I put in a request that if moms are interest, interested in helping preserve the right to, to be able to access compounded bioidentical hormones, that they give us our email address and then we'll reach out when it's time to contact the congressional representatives. We want to do it all as a whole group. We we have a website where you can do that now, but we don't want it to dribble in. We want to accumulate names, and then if there's an adverse action, which could happen, we'd love to be able to um, submit a whole group of uh, of a flood to Congress Mm -hmm. and the FDA about, no, we want these protected. We want them to maintain access.
0: Well, I'll tell you, our moms are used to fighting. We're fighting for a lot of things here. So we will, one, how would they get you that information? Is there a newsletter they're signing up for?
1: Well, they would just be joining a list. Okay. Uh, it would be an email list. And we won't use that email list unless we are going to deploy the request to go to a certain website and type in your zip code. And, and here's a, a, a boilerplate message to your congressional representative in the FDA. Right. Or you can individualize your own message and it'll go right to your congress your two your congressional representative and your two senators and the head of the FDA. But well, we want those to all to come in. So an email address okay. that you could use there is well, gosh, I'm gonna give out my own. It's drr at menopausemethod.com. And we'll we'll keep we'll put your name on a list. We won't use it for commercial usage. And we will announce, okay, there's been an an adverse action here. We need a whole bunch of people who want to advocate for maintaining access.
0: Yeah. Well, our moms will want to know about that so they can email you to get put on the list and when the when the government comes in and starts overregulating uh compound pharmacies and trying to butt in, we will definitely uh, be on that uh, on on the battle zone there to to fight for that freedom as well. So, we're with you, doctor.
1: Thank you very much, Dr.
0: All right. God bless you. And remember, uh, we're going to have you back again another time. And uh, I hope all of our moms don't f- don't flood to you and say, please save me. I'm just joking. Yeah. I know you gave us some good advice and we're going to find some doctors, uh, compound pharmacies. We're going to find it all out in our area, but we do appreciate all the great info. You're the best.
1: Uh, thank you so much, Deb.
0: Thank you. Wow. What a great discussion with Dr. Rosensweet. Thank you again. I mean, what important information as always, you know, we are not here, um, being a doctor, but we just want to always provide great information for you. Consult with your doctor, find a doctor that specializes in in hormone replacement therapy, if that's important to you. Um, I thought the information was phenomenal. Again, check out his book, Download that. It's free of charge. And we so appreciate uh, doctor spending his time with us today. Also moms, I do want to remind you to sign up for that uh, newsletter, visit Moms for America. We have all issues there. Everything that affects moms in their home, in their community, in their country. Again, hormones. What a great topic for us here as moms. We want to be in the best fighting shape that we can so we can take care of our kids and fight for our country. Uh, when you do go to our website, check out all of our webinars, our seminars, again, all kinds of great information, booklets, brochures, everything you can imagine. I always do highlight this every week. We talk about the cottage meetings. That is our signature program. You will love these meetings. There are 12 lessons that will inspire and educate you about America's heritage and history and the principles of liberty so you can teach them in your home to your kids to your family and impact your community. This program, like I said, along with all of our other programs, will really help impact your family in a very, very powerful way. So go ahead, check us out at momsforamerica.us. All right, moms, we say this every week. We believe that liberty begins at home and that you moms are truly the heartbeat of America. That's why this movement is so powerful. It's because of moms like you. Alrighty. You know, I hope to see you again next week. Please share this podcast with your moms. Let them know about Moms for America. And remember, let's keep changing our world one home at a time. Talk to you soon, moms.